Hi, and welcome to PV31 in the 21 podcast. This is Denise Harris-Yesty, and my special guest today is Mary Hambleton. Um, Mary has been a contract speaker and a mother of five, a grandmother of seven. Uh, she's been raising children since 1978 and um, just has a ton of experience. But today what we're going to be talking about is communication skills for today's women. So hello, Mary. Hi, Denise. Um, so I just gave a quick synopsis of your story, so why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I've been a contract trainer for nine years now, and prior to that, um, I've done everything from real estate to resort um, development. I've had a really great, interesting, crazy career in life so far. Um, at the age of 17, I had my first child. I was still in high school. Um, I was the first girl in my class to actually graduate um, while pregnant or having been pregnant during school. Prior to that, they used to make the girls drop out. They never made the dads drop out. They only made the mothers drop out. And I had to actually go in front of the school board to petition in order to stay in high school. Um, so I guess all along throughout my life, I've thought the traditional, you have to do this as, a, as opposed to what I want to do. And um, I, I was really, really blessed with an incredible son who's now getting ready this year to turn 39, next month actually. And um, he has given me two of my wonderful grandchildren. Um, he's a very successful young man. and. Um, and I just, I really feel like my, my message is to help other women get through some of the challenges that they have in their life. Because so many times we haven't been given the tools that we need to be successful, or we listen to society telling us we should do this or we should do that, and it's not really what's truly in our heart. And I think that um, having learned from some of the things that I've gone through and I've helped other women go through, that um, those, those skills are very transferable to your professional life as well as your personal life. Um, okay. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and, you know, you've really overcome some things that, you know, in life people allow to become tombstones in their lives. Um, just in reading your bio, you mentioned that you had been married for almost 25 years when your first husband actually uh, passed away. So you know, just in that, you see so many women, you know, either like you said, let life dictate to them how they're supposed to react or respond when they come against those types of major adversities, actually junctures in their life. Um, but I love what you said, you know, when, when society tells us who we are and how we're supposed to be, especially when anything, everything in you kind of goes, but I don't fit in that box. So I appreciate how you said that. Um, so you, you, you did say you were widowed uh, after 25 years, and then you met your fabulous, amazing husband. Uh, so why don't you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that? Well, you know, right after, right after my first husband passed away, I was struggling pretty hard with, um, with anger and grief and frustration and not really sure what I was going to – I was really – it was a very tragic experience. Um, his death was very tragic, and I was, I was angry. And that I think um, 
a lot of times what happens is you stay angry or you stay bitter and and or you give up your life. So you go, oh, I had my life for 25 years. Now I'll just go be this and I won't strive to improve myself. I won't, I won't go any further. I'll be stuck in this past and I'll be, always be this. And so I did a lot of personal, um, personal searching and, and journaling and, and diving into what really makes me happy. What do I really want to accomplish in my life? What, what do I believe? What, do I, what don't I believe? Um, people had told me up until about that point what I should believe or, um, mm-hmm. or, or what, what my life should be like. And so I thought, you know what, at this point in my, in my life, I can be anything I want to be because my kids are raised. They're both very successful. Um, it's just me. And what do I want to accomplish? So as I started healing myself and looking towards what I wanted in my life, I actually literally made a list. Denise, I made a list of everything I wanted in what I considered my perfect mate. What do I want mm. to have in this relationship? And so when I met this man um, in the hot tub at our local fitness center, um, yeah. him and I really sparked a, 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 an interest in one another. But I told him, I said, I don't, I don't date. <laughs> I I really I know exactly what I want out of my life and he said I said I even made a list and he said well I have a list too so I'll show you my list if you'll show me yours <laughs> and at that, time, at that time Rob was working on um, using the law of attraction his company Soul Canyon um, was actually called Soul Canyon and Associates and he was really working at coaching people to tap into what their gifts and strengths are in their life and to build their life in a meaningful way. So he was doing a lot of um, coaching and career development um, from the inside out. And so him and I had some really fabulous conversations, and we started talking about the different personalities because your personality oftentimes is a, we like to call it your candy coating that's on the outside of you. Um, inside of you, your chocolate, like an M&M, um, mm-hmm. and that's your heart and your soul and your and your beliefs, your core values, all that sort of thing. But your personality, that outside coding that you show the world, can oftentimes cause problems and um, and cause people not to get along well. Some studies, as much as 95% of your interpersonal stress happens around personalities. So I said, you know, the inside stuff, that real deep work is hard to make a living off of. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I said, why don't, why don't we do something fun? Why don't we start teaching people how to get along better with other people? Because I really think that if we learn to get along better, we'll actually make connections that go deeper down into that chocolate and make real connections if you can get over that irritation on the outside. <laughs> so. Starting in that, and so in 2003, we started offering these seminars, and um, it, it's just been an amazing journey. We now have four different training DVDs that are available on our website. We go around the country doing seminars. Um, it's just been a wild and crazy ride. Now, my husband, when I met him, he his youngest was seven, so. Um, actually one year older than my, yeah, my oldest grandchild. So my husband became an instant grandfather, and I, once again, became a soccer mom. <laughs> so, 
Wesley, his youngest is now 22, and um, you know it's been it's been real fun. It's been real fun and real interesting to watch um, him grow. And during this time of being together with Rob, I'm an avid reader, and so we've had the ability to challenge each other and grow and learn from each other. And then I get the opportunity to go around the country teaching these communication skills for women's classes, which allows me to connect and hear other women's stories. And the strength that I find in women, it just blows me away. That's awesome. I, you know, I was reading your, um, basically your passion statement, um, where it says that Soul Canyon Training and Development, your mission is to help you discover and live with joy and passion in every aspect of your life. And you want to see them um, develop their gifts and strengths. To recognize that they're unique and precious, that is so powerful because, again, when everybody wants you to conform to the image that they think you're supposed to conform to, you know, it, it's got to be liberating to, to watch these people as they respond to the truths that you're teaching you know, kind of, like you said, come out of that candy coating and peek their head out of the hole of their life and go, okay, it's really okay that I am who I am the way I am. So um, why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about that communication skills for today's women and, and expound on that, you know, where they come in, some of maybe their strongholds, you know, the, where the deepest roots are and, and just kind of the metamorphosis they might start, I know they can't go through the whole thing in one seminar or one meeting, but, you know, kind of what you expose them to that allows them to start to experience that liberty of life. Well, one of the most powerful things that I've ever heard came from my life coach and friend, Rochelle Brown, and she was coaching me at a time that I felt like I was overwhelmed, and I know that there's a lot of women that feel they have to be everything, and they get pulled in many, many, many different directions, and they'll often they'll find that some of their goals are in conflict with one another. Um, you know, it's, it, it's really difficult to achieve every goal all at this one time in your life. I believe women are able to compartmentalize their lives a little bit. Um, compartmentalize is not the right word. I believe women can actually see their lives in phases. Like what's important in your 20s may not be as important as, uh, may not be the same as in your 30s or your 40s mm-hmm. or your 50s or your 60s. And so to be able to say what stage is my, is my life in, what do I want to accomplish in this stage of my life? It's not an overall life goal. It's like what, what's going on right now in my life? And so one of the most powerful things Rochelle ever told me was you're an incredibly capable woman. But what you need to know is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So you need to weigh out what's important, what's not important right now in your life. You might be raising young children, so you can't give that much time away to helping um, the homeless. Where when you're later on in life and your children have left home, you'll have time to do that. Do you know what I mean? So, so many much. times, so many times we get pulled in all these different directions, and then we're so frustrated that we don't take care of our big rocks. So one of the things about becoming, losing my first husband, was it made me realize how important my relationship with my husband is. So he is one of my biggest rocks. When he is available, I'm not available to do a lot of other things because he is my priority. Mm-hmm. When I'm with my grandkids, they're my priority. It's not so much 
the other things that are pulling in my life. So being able to focus your priorities on what's the most important thing to be doing right now with your time is one of the things we talk about in that seminar. And then we also talk about ways to deal with conflict because oftentimes women don't like conflict, and so we avoid it and, um, until it becomes too much, and then we blow up, and we don't, we don't get the respect that we should, I mean, that we deserve, actually. Right. And so when, one of the things that I teach in that seminar is what I call ACE. You need to have an ACE in your pocket. Um, and ACE is just an acronym. It, it stands for you need to assess the situation, and you need to accept the fact that your version or the way that you're seeing the situation may not be the same as the other person. Everybody sees the world differently. And so understanding that, that they, they could be right and you could be wrong, or chances are you're both wrong and there's a little, you're both a little bit right. <laughs> um, and then the C stands for clarifying and confirming. Clarifying that, you know, this is, so this is how you see the situation. This is how I see the situation. Confirming, what do we want to do about it? You know, confirm that, hey, I want to fix it. I don't want to just leave it. Like, yeah, so what? Um, and then E is, it stands for empathy. Empathize and then explain. Um, and, and empathy can sometimes get women in a lot of trouble because we'll feel too much empathy and we'll put ourselves in that person's shoes and we won't, we won't allow them to take ownership. So the explaining is, is really putting boundaries around the situation to say, you know what, I'm willing to stand here with you and hold space with you, but I'm not willing to do everything. You know, uh, I will be there and help you, but I can't do it all. And so oftentimes in conflict, we get in conflict because people want us to do things for them or we want, they want us to take ownership and, and responsibility when, in fact, it's never one person's fault or never one, one particular way. That's awesome. Um, you said um, yeah, so one of the statements that you guys use is, you know, not only you were talking about the differences even between men and women, and you said... Um, not only are we plumbed differently, we're wired differently. Where do you see this seminar in particular kind of exposes some of those differences? Oh, my gosh. There's, there's <laughs> so many fabulous studies out there right now talking about the physical differences between men's brains and women's brains. The fact that um, we access different parts of our brain to come to conclusions. Even if we come to the same conclusion, um, Dr. Amen, who does um, spec scans of, of the brain, he's been doing it for a number of years and has clinics on how to help people who've had brain injuries and different types of um, injuries due to um, birth defects or chemicals. Or Anyway, he does these wonderful brain studies, and he said that when they, when they monitor the brain activity, they'll monitor a man's brain and a woman's brain, and women's brains never stop. Men's brains actually go into like a um, power-saving mode, I guess, would be about the best way to explain it, where they just aren't thinking of anything. And any of us that have been married have experienced that. When you ask your husband or your significant other, or oftentimes even just your young, your boys. Your sons, that's right. Yeah, your sons. What, what What are you thinking? And they say, nothing. They literally have got research that says their brains have little to no activity during that time. They are thinking of nothing. 
and that women, we actually have no shutoff. Our brains are more active when we sit. If we're sitting still, our brains go in hyper mode. And any, this is the reason why we don't sit still and watch TV very well. This is the reason why when we sit down, we want to start talking. Um, it's really a challenge when we're trying to share the same space because they're trying to think of nothing and we're trying to fill it with everything. We're thinking, oh, they've stopped. Now they can hear all this stuff. And, they, and, and so then they go on this, uh-huh, 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 and they're not, they're not actually hearing you. That's just, that's just the hum that happens to the motor when it's an idle, I think. Um. <laughs> you know, what's so hilarious, though, is, you know, I think any woman, and I appreciate, you know, it's like one of those things, and I think that's where your seminars or the DVDs or, or whatever becomes so valuable because, you know, so many of us, so I have, Ron has three daughters, I have two sons, so together our family, we have five. Well, you know, when I'm with my sons and Ron, and you're right, when I sit, when they're sitting and I'm, like, still cleaning or still doing something, they're like, will you please come sit down? <laughs> but if I'm sitting, I'm not really sitting. Like, I'm sitting on the outside, but on the inside, like, everything else, that I, which, like I said, until you just revealed that truth to me, I didn't realize a million other women that are going to listen to this are going, oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only person that does that because um, it, it is hard for my sons and my husband to relate to go, can you not just sit? And it's going, uh, you know, it's a no. deposit for me. Yeah, and you know Ron. So for him, mm-hmm. like his love language is is that need to spend time with me. And so that is a major deposit for me because when I'm sitting and he wants me just sitting, it, you know, that does drain you because your brain is going, I should be doing this and doing this and doing this. And you kind of almost like what you said when you finally have time with Rob, it's going, okay, at this moment, this is the priority. So, but, but that's really it, helpful to know that. Well, it's helpful for both men and women to know that about each other. I'm not trying to drive you crazy. I just can't, my mind starts working in overdrive the moment I sit down. Um, and then when I finally do sit down, a lot of women, especially young women, can relate to this. When they finally do sit down and they can get their brain to kind of stop, they fall asleep. Right. Um, I used to jokingly say when my kids were young, I never watched an entire movie because as soon as I sat down and I could get my brain to quiet, mm-hmm. um, I actually fell asleep. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, okay, so in your seminars, let me ask you this really quick because I want to be sensitive and we totally need to do this again. But um, So in your seminars, you see a lot of women that come in, you know, they, they spend the money, they spend the time to come and sit. Where do you feel like, you know, some of the major hurdles for women are in overcoming and kind of getting from perception to truth? Because most of us have been taught uh, well, we're running into a really unique situation, Denise, where we have 17-year-olds and 71-year-olds in the workplace. So we have generational mm-hmm. differences as well as, as, as gender differences, um, wow. which can be challenging. But a lot of us were taught that it's rude to interrupt. So we let, we, we let people talk over us and we won't interrupt back um, so our voice doesn't get heard. Or we get angry um, that they interrupted because we think it's rude. 
the other biggest challenge is trying to figure out how to fit in today's world because we didn't actually design the world of business men did. We don't think the way that a lot of businesses were designed. And so it's always been challenging for women in the workplace because the way we um, want to be a team player, we oftentimes will self-sacrifice and it's seen as a weakness. Um, the other thing, the Confidence Code, um, which is a fabulous book, talks about it and the fact that women don't reach for opportunities as much as men because we want to make sure that we have every competency on that opportunity or that job description checked off. And so we will make sure that we have all ten of them checked off where a guy will look at a situation and he'll say, hey, you know, I've got three or four of these things. Put my name in the hat. I'll, I'll, I can do this. And so oftentimes we're overlooked and, over, and bypassed for positions mm-hmm. and jobs that we were well suited for. And then we become resentful because right. it, it hurts to self-sacrifice. And so oftentimes if we've self-sacrificed, we will later become resentful of that sacrifice. And so that's well, one not, of the, You I know think, what? Go ahead. I think that's one of the most important things that women need to understand is that all of that martyring and self-sacrificing, if it makes you bitter, mm-hmm. it wasn't worth the price. No, and you know where I see that, not just in the workplace, but also I've really tried to train all of our kids, but especially our daughters, is, um, you know, because you do concede so many times, and not just for lack of conflict, just because it's really not important, the value of the relationship or whatever, in your brain, like you said, which may be perceived as weakness, is more valuable to you, and so you do concede, and yet when you feel like it's devalued or misunderstood, that resentment does build up, you know, it does when you're making those sacrifices and they're not appreciated, you know, and I've had that conversation with, with many women, um, you know, that it, it really does create kind of like that callousness, you know, where as, as emotional as we are created to be and as loving and nurturing, it creates almost like an indifference in those situations. So, so I appreciate that. That's very good. I think and an important truth for people to hear is to recognize, you know, just make sure that you're, to coin the phrase, not throwing the pearl before the swine, because <laughs> sometimes they're just not going to get it. So, um, no, they'll just step on them. Yes. And yeah. so, um, anyway, so do you have any story in particular where, where you feel like, you know, you've kind of really seen somebody get it, and it encouraged you to, to go, I'm really fulfilling my purpose and destiny, where you see kind of like the light bulbs come on in the conferences or in a moment where somebody will come up to the table and go, that really helped me? Um, I see it a lot um, in places where I've gotten a chance to go back to. In a one-day seminar, it's really difficult to get um, a feel. I mean, we ha- laugh and have a good time. Um, one of the things I always touch base on is the personalities and how to understand the personalities. And that those light bulbs come in off, come on often within the mm-hmm. seminar because oftentimes opposites will attract each other, and then mm-hmm. they irritate each other. And so, you know, I asked my friend who was a marriage counselor one time, I said, what is the biggest cause of divorce? And he said, the same reason people got married. And I said, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you mean? And he said, well, let's put it this way. She marries him because he's my 
He's her rock. He's solid. She divorces him because he's boring. He never wants to do anything. He doesn't share his emotions. <laughs> and I'm like, and so I go through the different personalities on the, yeah. you know, within the workshop, and it's like, oh, I get it now. Um, you know, I one of the things that really attracted me to Rob was his drive and his strength. One of the things that irritates me is the fact that he doesn't slow down and play. Right. So, you know, understanding those strengths and weaknesses, really light bulbs come on. Understanding that when you say something like, uh, women oftentimes are not as assertive as they could be. And so when you say something like, do you want to stop and get something to eat? For a man, that's an inquiry as to whether or not right. he's hungry. And so he'll go, no, I'm fine. And now you're mad because he doesn't want to stop you're and get hungry. something to eat. But you didn't say, hey, I'm hungry, let's stop and get something to eat. So every man will tell you, I'm not a good mind reader. Every man I've ever ran into has said, I'm not a good mind reader. You need to tell me what's on your mind. But they want it in such a way that it doesn't sound like they're being scolded or that you're being demanding or that you masticize them. Um, um, We need to find a gentle, we need to remember that we can, that there's strength and gentleness. We don't have to be, we don't have to be um, men in dresses, and they don't, they're not big, hairy women. They're men, and we're women, and, and there's strength in both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and you know what? I think, yeah, I do, and I think especially in, in this day and age and, and what the social culture has created, especially driven through the television, is that um, men are mindless. You know what I mean? I I see a lot of sarcasm. I see a lot of demeaning. And and you're right, that gentleness, that that affirmation goes a long way. And And it doesn't make us weak, especially when you're trained in an independent environment. It doesn't make you weak to be a support. What makes you weak is like what you said, when when you have no voice or um you just build up that resentment up into indifference and don't have any sort of form of expression and so you lose yourself really. So um I right. so I do appreciate that because I you do definitely you don't see a lot of models and examples and that's part of where even the drive for P V thirty one and the twenty one came in because um, you know, I I haven't seen that model to go, well, who's teaching them how to be a good wife? And and a good wife doesn't necessarily mean Donna Reed. A good wife just means exactly what you just said. You know your husband, you know his strengths, you know his weaknesses, you know his quirks, and you know how to support him or cover him or, you know, and so that's, that's really an amazing resource is as they start to recognize principles, even how a man is built, and then personalities, how their man is built, it really helps with the communication part of it, which is where that today's communication for women probably becomes a huge resource for them. Well, I, I love teaching that class because I learn so much from my, my audience and, and the audience light bulb moments of, you know, pri- prioritizing. We talk about prioritizing. We talk about um, becoming more assertive. We talk about dealing with conflict before conflict gets to be such a big deal um, because mm-hmm. conflict when it first happens, it's typically fairly minor. It's just after time, without speaking up, it can become worse. Um, and 
in, in her book, you know, and one of the things I always stress about the communication skills for women is this is not us against them. I love men. I love their mm-hmm. strengths. I think men are honorable. I think, I think they actually um, show a lot more honor than women do. I think women are loyal and loving and kind and have empathy, but I think the strength of men is honor. And um, you, you will see when, when the chips are down, men, men are great team players. They really are, but they're very competitive. Right. And so, and so we don't sometimes understand that competitiveness, and so we will take that as being aggressive. And the guys are just, no, it's just competition. Um, so it's trying to understand from the other person's perspective or the other, the other um, gender's perspective, how do you interact with each other? What's fair? What's right? And what are our rules of engagement, so to speak? Right. No, that's good. So you, have a, you and um, Rob both together have several resources at the Still Canyon Training and Development. So why don't you um, let people know how some of the resources first and then also how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in either attending an event, hosting an event, anything like that. Okay. Thank you. Well, you know, our first phone call is free. Our first visit is free. So anytime you can reach out to my cell phone, 541, area code, 218-7601. Drop me an email at Mary at Soul Canyon. That's S like Sam, O-U-L-C-A-N-Y-O-N or visit us out on soulcanyon.com. And there's all kinds of free resources that you can sign up for. We've got Microsoft Excel tips. We've got team building tips. We've got, you know, contact us tips, and all of our products are listed out there. And uh, we're located in beautiful southern Oregon and travel around the country. It's true too. So we're available anywhere. The communication skills for women's bill that I have coming up April 19th is in um, uh, Medford, Oregon, and it's a fundraiser for Habitat for Humanity Women's Build. So a bunch of women are going to build a house for another woman. It's a fabulous project. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, that's great. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so excited I got to do this and. Like as you're talking, there's so many other things that pop up to go, oh, we could talk about this. <laughs> but um, I am going to let you go. I so appreciate you taking this time to make this investment into the women who will hear this. Um, for those of you who have joined us, thank you so much for spending this time with us at PB31 in the 21 podcast. Please make sure that you click that little subscribe button on your podcast so that all future podcasts can just download straight to your phone. If you hadn't had a chance to visit us at PD31 and the 21 Facebook, please get a chance to do so. Make sure that you like us and share us because we are trying to reach women across the table and around the world, one share and one like at a time. So be blessed. Thank you so much to Mary Hambleton for joining us. I'm sure we're going to hear from you again, and we'll, see, we'll talk to you later. Well, thank you, Denise. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye.